Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks of Nuafotep in our Kenya chapter. Uh, at the top of the show, as we like to do, we'd like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporter. Uh, if you've not had a chance to check out what we have to offer, you can at patreon.com slash the Old Ways Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube and follow all of our silly and wondrous journeys there as we continue to tell strange and interesting tales. Uh, so at the top of the show, as I like to do, I like to do introductions as well. So to my right. This is Tiffany, and I play Maeve O'Shea, and I'm preparing to go collect what remains of Lillian Lane. Very true. Uh, and speaking of, to uh, Miss O'Shea's right. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and I uh, made a quick exit from the train. You did. You yeeted stage right. Uh, and at the end of the table. This is Jake. I'm playing Jack Doyle, and I don't know how we're going to uh, top last week's explosive episode. I don't know, but your meal ticket has uh, exited stage, right? You might want to get to that. Yeah, right. Uh, to Mr. Doyle's right. This is Lonnie, and I am playing Robert Drummond, and uh, all gas, no brakes, baby. That's right. <laughs> couldn't couldn't have said it better myself. To Mr. Drummond's right. Hi, this is James, and I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tattenbach. And um, did, did anyone else feel the train go over a bump or something? I don't, I don't know what that was. Hmm. Well, I'm sure that we'll certainly investigate it. And last, but most certainly not least. Uh, this is Alec playing Sam Bavon, who uh, has continued to ignore the policies uh, to remain seated while the train is in motion. Yes, clearly that has been uh, left by the wayside, much as one of our investigators was last episode. Uh, and so as we raise the curtain tonight, I'm going to make a couple of corrective statements to make sure that our understanding of the situation is correct. So Dr. Last episode, Sigmund had gotten to the end of the mail car and had looked out and saw what I said was the Tinder car. That is not true. You would have seen the flat car first. And so when you saw that person leap from the flat car, uh, you would have seen you would have seen that person leap from the flat car edge rather than the edge of the Tinder car. Does that make sense to you? Uh, yes. Because the, the Tinder car yes, would be does. beyond the, the flat car. Right before right, the locomotive. Right. You would need the flat car, the fuel car first, and then you'd have your... Correct, sir. Good? Okay. Want to make okay. sure that we're set there because it's important that we uh, keep all of our train cars in order rather than splitting them or burning them down. Also, for you, Sam, you would have noticed probably something in the sky catapulting away from sort of your position at that ripped out dining car, the one that got ripped in half, um, it would have been unlikely for you to, to know what that was. Mm -hmm. 
um, but you would have get get the sense that something got got something went up when there was an explosion and eventually came down. For you, Miss O'Shea, given you had a perfect vantage point, you would have seen Lillian get blasted into the air. You would have the best um, opportunity to understand where roughly she had been. The train has not stopped traveling, obviously. And as far as our story goes, we are still in the same tempo and time. So I will ask, is there anything specific you're going to do in response to seeing what happened to Lillian? Yes, I am going to um, cast Levitate and get myself off the moving train and onto the ground. Mm -hmm. And basically, as soon as I hit the ground, I'm going to start running in her direction. Okay, so that's 14 points of magic to Levitate your size 70 self. I'll, I'll then ask, we'll put you in pursuit of trying to find Lillian in the middle of the Kenyan grasslands in what is likely the middle of the night. That'll be very interesting. And we'll, we'll put you off doing that for the moment. I'll ask you, Jack, as you have followed Mr. Drummond into the third class car after there is this explosion, what are the, what are the two of you doing? Obviously, I'm going to look behind me because there was a massive explosion behind us. Mm-hmm. Do I see anything? Um, you see a couple of things. Uh, one, through the third class door back into the dining car, you see a figure which looks like Miss O'Shea. You see her surrounded by this sort of nimbus of golden energy. And then she sort of lets go of gravity and exits your view to the right. Beyond her, you see... The dining car has been split in half and there seems to be the edges of it which are singed a little bit and and wreathed a bit in flame. There's likely, it looks like there's a figure in there. You can't make out exactly who it is because of distance. Well, since I know that uh, several of the people were there, I'm going to go back through the door into the dining car. Okay. You go back, you exit out the third class uh, car and you grab hold of the dining car to open it up and when you get to that door, you realize that there's a, a shell of what the car was here. And you can see, suppose I'll give you the fact that, that Sam is, is standing in that half, trying to sort of get his bearings. And then the rest of it is just open wilderness. All right. So half the car is basically gone. It's uh, yeah. trailing behind now. Mm-hmm. What the hell happened? The thing exploded. Where's the, where's everyone? Where's, um, I, so the, before that happened, the last time I had eyes on the person who was weaving magic up there, they were, they were at the third class car. Right. Whoever did this is still on top of the train. So the only way up would be either to, once again, try to traverse this gap or go to the area in between the third class car and the dining car. Right. Yeah, where Jack is standing at. So I will, as I so as I say, they're probably on top of the train still. I will gesture past Jack and. Where's Lillian? I don't know. I lost her in the blast. Doctor. Yeah. Do you continue on through the flat car to get to the the engineering area? Yes, and that person that's um, in the middle of the the. Uh, flat car there. Mm, yes. Before the tender car, uh, they don't 
Are they moving as if they've seen me? Oh, no, no. That person leapt off the train. Oh, okay. Most of the people in the flat car are staring in that direction, seemingly bewildered by what they've just seen. Well, there's nothing I can do to fix someone who's gone off the train by standing, so Doc does not break stride and continues moving forward. Yeah, they let you through. Uh, They let you through. You get to the fuel car, and that's when you encounter a man dressed in what looks like a worker's uniform coming, sort of coming over the the top of all of that wood. Mm. You see him look back, sort of look down towards you as, as you're making your way towards him, and you hear him say in um, broken English, what happened? Someone has fallen from the train. He sort of tilts his head. Fallen? Where? Doc jerks his thumb behind him. Obviously behind us. Nods his head. I'll have them stop. Doc nods furiously and then turns back to survey the wreck, flaming wreckage of the train behind him. It looks really bad. Really bad. I'm so tired of everywhere I go being on fire. I'm sorry. (laughs) As if you're the only one. Mr. Drummond, while you're in the third class car, you hear and feel the brake on the train begin being applied. Well, when when I entered the third, you said I saw the doctor. Yes. I will continue following the doctor Mm -hmm. and I will assume catch up with him. You do. At some point. You do. Uh, So uh, you join him at the, in the, on the flat car, which is now a a little unsteady at this point because they're beginning to break the train, slow its pace. Um, And you can see all of the folks here on the flat car are trying to hold on to something because there are no handles. No. Um, You you approach and get next to the doctor. What's going on, doctor? I I fear someone fell from the train, but um, they're they're stopping the train now. There's more here, though. Um, Whoever summoned these things, I think we have seen them before, or at least dealt with them before. I need to find Jack. And... Where's Maeve and Lillian? They were back in the uh, dining car. Or the first class car. Doc uh, nods and as the train, I'm sure, starts to slow, he heads that way to find them and to see what aid he can do. And once again, patching up his close friends and loved ones. (laughs) About how long does it take for the train to noticeably slow? Um, probably a good 30 seconds to a minute. The train begins to slow. It takes a little time. Um, also, your keeper is not aware of the, um, we'll just say mathematical calculations of what it takes to stop a speeding train. We'll say that it takes a little bit to stop the train. Because I would like to um, go forward and convince them to start backing up down the train. We. That is something you can do in the the near future, Mm -hmm. not the immediate future. Mm -hmm. As far as the immediate future goes, Sam, you're planning on getting on top of the train? Yeah, I I will blow past Jack to the section between the third class car and the dining car so that I can get uh, up whatever ladder is there. Okay. You you can get up on the ladder here and take a look behind you, yes? Uh. It would be it would be in front of me. The third class car was where mm-hmm. the, the figure was. Yeah, you don't see anybody there. 
I will yell down, they're gone! And I and I, I look around, I don't see Lillian or Maeve up here. Nope. I don't see Lillian, I don't see Maeve. I, I don't know what happened to them. Speaking of, Miss O'Shea, you have decided that it was in your best interest to go after... It's not my best interest, but I... But yes, I'm going after. The air around you swirls. You feel yourself get lighter than air, and then you command your body to ignore the laws of physics, and you exit the scene on the train into the wild of Africa. Yeah, all the time praying to the father that... Lillian's okay, that we're going to be okay, that I can save her, (laughs) all of those things. And I will pull out my dagger as I run. You run into the darkness. Um, I guess the, the best way to resolve this normally would be a track roll. It would be an exceedingly hard track roll, given everything. Well, in order to track where she was going, um, I probably would have had to have spent the sand to use my heat vision anyways to like track her as mm-hmm. she f- flew through the air. Because I was trying to do that to figure out what spell and to figure out how long I had to cast and all that. So mm-hmm. if you want me to... I mean, I want you to deduct the sand, you bet. All right. I do it. We like that. So as long as I see a heat signature still, I mean, then I know she's okay. Well, there are an awful lot of potential heat signatures out in the middle of the night in the African wilds. Well, sure. I get that, but... Some of them might be large enough to look like Lillian. Sure. But then they won't. That's true. We'll say that you spend a little time hustling back to the area. Uh, And in doing so... You think you get in the rough area of where she is. Um, And so I'll have you make a track roll Mm. to see how accurate that is. That's a 62 out of 10. Mm -hmm. Okay. You wander a little bit and not necessarily like dawdling. You're not dawdling, but you're searching. No. No, I mean, yeah, I'll probably have to stop a couple of times and like scan and then. Mm, Indeed. Uh, As you do so, someone wakes. And that person is you, Miss Lane. You wake with a resounding headache. Is my knee still on my forehead? No, no, no. You're laying flat on your back. You will wake with four hit points. Oh, sweet. That's better than being dead. Am I able to sit up? You can. It's um, a struggle. I sit up and I rub my hands in my head. What happened? Your hand is wet. From water or blood? You're not sure it's dark. Where is everybody? Where Do I see the train continuing to head down the track? No, it's been... Oh, you're not sure that that's the train. Oh, there is something nearby that seems to be glowing. It's moving, too. Is there any brush nearby for me to hide? <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll set the scene for you so that way you're aware. Um, okay. You're in very, very tall grass. Okay. Um, it is the middle of the night. 
the only light source you have is the available moonlight. And it's definitely not a full moon. But I can't see what's coming towards me other than some sort of light. Yeah, so I, I would just say if you've ever been out into the actual wilderness where there is no city light and there are mm-hmm. no lights above at all and you have no light, it's really dark out. So unless you have a, sor- a light source physically on your person. I don't. No, everything's packed away. Well, not knowing what that is coming towards me, I am going to try to make myself as small as possible in the in the tall grass. Okay. Which, of course, will, will make your tracking roll even even more difficult because she's being careful. Like a Pokemon. <laughs> you, you make something out after about another minute passes, Lillian. This object that seems to be moving from left to right is moving very steadily. It's not moving necessarily very fast, but it's also illuminated. And that's because it's on fire. Like a ball of fire? No, no, no. Not a ball, not at all. And that's when you, it clicks for you is that that has to be the first class car that Jack uncoupled. And it's coming, is it coming right for me? No. No, no. Oh, thank God. It's a bit in the, it's it's a bit away from you. And it's moving very slow, very slowly. I just kind of watch it. Like, oh, I hope nobody's on board on that. <laughs> I, I don't have probably the energy to get up at this point. I'm and I don't want to be spotted by, you know, any any enemies. Mm-hmm. Those of you aboard the train feel the brake fully engage and the train now has slowed. Uh, Mr. Drummond, you make it to the tender car and up and over to attempt to speak with the engineer. Mm-hmm. Now, there are two of them who are working this locomotive. Uh, there is a, another gentleman here who looks like what he does is feed a fire. Uh, he's, they're, all three of them are, are covered in soot. Uh, and uh, they look really worried. We need to go back. All right. Uh, what well, we need to figure out what's happened. Two cars are gone. 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 There was an explosion. All right. Well, we need to we need to make sure the train is intact before we move it anywhere, forward or reverse. One of the guys grabs a torch and turns it on and steps down off of the locomotive and everything back of the dining car is gone. Guy that does the fuel shoveling goes white, ashen-faced. What about the people? That's why we need to go back. Most of them got off before the explosion, but uh, some might not have. Those of you on the train see uh, a torch head from the locomotive section back towards your section. On the train. Um, walking uh, off the on, on the side of the tracks. Oh, well, I was going to do stuff before we even got to that point. Okay, so go ahead. Since once I feel it start to slow down, yeah. well, I'm going to put two and two together and notice that I know Maeve is gone and apparently uh, Lillian and the other guy is gone. So I'm going to, they're like table leg or... I'm sure there's something right, in the, what the you know, table the cloth and a table leg and create a makeshift torch mm-hmm. since it's already uh, on fire. And once it slows down enough that I can jump, I will. Okay. We jump off of the train. 
and then I head back that way looking for Maeve. Okay. Who is all, who is looking for Lillian? But at least I have a torch now, so. That's true. Okay. Um, so, Jack, would you like to give me a track? probably awful yeah that's awful no I'm just I'm, I'm walking along the, the uh, well I'm running along the uh, okay. rail line hunting and searching with the uh, torch up in the air yelling for Maeve yes maybe yeah. Lillian when I see Jack getting ready to hop off um, I yell I'll be right there and then I will go back and grab my my bundle and then I will haul ass and leave from the car as well okay if I think that I'm in the relative area of where Lillian's at, I'm going to pull out Slander and have him help me find her. Okay. Try to scent tracker, I guess. He's not really a tracker of a snake, but he's an extra pair of eyes. Right. I mean, he's got other senses that I don't. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like taste. Nom, nom, nom. Sam and Jack are hunting for Lillian and Maeve. Um, given that you have a light, yeah, mm-hmm. um, you'll be able to make track rolls um, at a hard difficulty rather than a rather than a disadvantage in a hard difficulty. Because again, pitch black. Well, I was hoping if me I'm yelling out Maeve and Lillian, one of them will answer. Yeah, I'm hoping they do to it. Mm-hmm. I, I need to make sure you get in plausible range before they can hear you. Luckily, you have a good tracker. And at least you know that the rail line goes that way. Right. I mean, they're going to be along the rail line most likely. And mm-hmm. it only goes one way. Yeah. Okay, getting back to the train will be a problem. Unless it blows up again. Uh, I do have one question as we're as we're moving. Um, I will also be keeping an eye on the... Uh, so, I have, so I do have my own torch, but I'll be keeping an eye on the jungle itself or the grass mm-hmm. for wildlife. I mean, I imagine a train going through here is going to scatter most things, but I also want to know if anything's curious out here. So I'll be keeping an eye out for um, wildlife. Uh, it's a 29 on my track roll out of 76. Okay. You guys veer right eventually. And you do so because Sam, you pick up on what look like footprints in the mud that are moving at a fast pace. These have got to be Maeve. Maeve, as you continue to search with slander, um, you get into an area of the wilderness here that has a tree, and slander goes from sort of helping and and moving through the the brush with you to back to you very quickly. Okay. Uh, Then I will follow does he like turn back around no he comes back to you almost almost as if he's spooked from something okay i'll pick him up then and i will scan if he's spooked Mm -hmm. yeah you see a big we'll say two and a half maybe three foot long heat signature that's over by this tree and then a couple other small ones okay well then i will uh, move away from the tree and around a different direction. It sounds like a pig. You hear like snorting sounds. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Um, so we're gonna like take wide berth mm-hmm. and keep looking. 
And uh, if I can, I'm going to be like, Lillian. <laughs> Miss Lane, I'm going to give you a hard listen roll. Okay. I got a, a 59 out of 79. So I did not make that roll. Yep. And you don't have the luck to make it actually happen. I got no luck. You hear a pig sound. Or what sounds like a pig sound, but it's big. I, I'm not going to call out anything because I don't want that to come over and see me. Okay. Hey. Um, there's a, a light coming down the tracks towards you from where the train was, Maeve. Okay. Uh, it's not very large. It looks like a big torch. Okay. As we're walking, I will also turn to Jack and say, this could also be the person responsible for this, so you might want to get your gun out. I don't have my gun. Shit. I will hand him my shotgun. Okay. This is a nice shotgun. You can feel the, the craftsmanship. You got a sidearm, do you? Uh, I had one once. I gave it to the doctor. I mean, he never used it. After a moment or two, you can hear that there are footsteps approaching your space. I'll crouch down and look. You hear Jack's voice say, Lillian? Uh, how close are they to the tree? Lillian! I come yelling. Yeah, Lillian! Maeve! You hear more pig noises. <sighs> Bursting out from the tree area where the, the high grasses are, you see a boar like come out into the train tracks area and like look around. And this isn't a pig, obviously, mm -hmm. that most used to. Boars are much larger. And there are two big tusks. And it sort of snorts real heavy. <laughs> I will uh, wave the torch. And bolts. What's well, nothing to do with fire? Yeah. It heads back toward the tree. Uh, incidentally, towards you, at least a little bit perpendicularly. Yeah, I'm just crouching down and like crawling real slow still looking like looking for other heat signatures she should be around this area eventually Sam you'll notice Maeve because the footsteps will come to a stop so we have, either that's Maeve or it's not you can see two um, obviously humanoid heat signatures you know that's Jack's voice and right that's probably Sam well yeah but the Boar still right there. Yeah. You can see the Jack shakes the torch at it and it scoots away. Back it towards me. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you can come out. Yeah, I guess I'll move towards them away from the boar, I guess. Mm-hmm. You move back up towards the tracks. Yeah. Are you, are you okay? Yeah, the there is a pig and I was trying to not have it attack me. I'm trying to find... Lillian should be around here somewhere. What's Lillian doing out here? She got blown from the train. I'm going to look for where... Um, if this is roughly the area where she might have landed, I'm going to look for where someone might have crashed through the bush. That's what I'm going to look for. Okay, fair enough. What's your track right now? Uh, it is 
76. Okay. Track 70 is pretty good. Um, so you're you're more than you're more than a professional at it. That's not too hard to find. Uh, even in the darkness. That Jack, that torch you have is gives up a, a lot of light. Um, and as someone who has uh, is used to dealing with low light situations, Sam, you're able to find sort of the first telltale sign of where Lillian probably came down at. There's a tree branch up in that tree that is broke, like in half. Yeah, I'm um, keeping the light behind me since I got heat vision on. Yeah. yeah, you want that torch somewhere else? Jesus. Yeah. Um, I will point at the tree and just kind of track it down, you know, like kind of arc the light to indicate where she must have come down. Do I see a, a heat signature about where? Mm, yeah, there's something over there. It's faint. Not the pig? Not the pig. Okay. But now, there's a... There's, a heat signature over there. So I'll start moving in that direction. Lily, you're starting to hear human voices. Do I recognize the voices? It's hard. Your ears are ringing pretty well. Yeah, I shake my head a few times and try to concentrate on the voices that are coming toward, up to me, towards mm -hmm. me. Yeah, you seem to maybe have developed a little tinnitus. No. Yeah, if I can't understand who it is, if I don't know who it is and I don't recognize the the voices, I'm not going to make a sound because it could be anybody out here. It certainly <laughs> could be. The footsteps continue to get closer. Um, Sam, you see the first sort of sign of we'll just say the likely impact area. At least the first one. It looks like there was a bounce. So it looks like she rolled through here or yeah, yeah she didn't crawl. This is jeez. How the hell? I just keep moving towards the the heat that I saw. Yeah, soon enough, uh, the tall grasses reveal um, Lillian Lane. Well, before I get like right on top of her, I would be like, Lillian, it's it's okay. Do I recognize Maeve's yeah. voice by that yeah, point? Yeah, by that point, okay. yeah. Maeve? Yeah. Ma <sighs> She's alive! I rush over there. <laughs> you rush over there? Yeah. Uh, the scene is not good visually for the three of you who find her. Uh, she looks like she's been blown up. Um, she's, you know, the, most of her clothes are singed and ripped or not present. Um, it looks like she's got a real, real bad leg injury. And there is a big red mark on her forehead. It looks like somebody Lillian, hit her with a mallet. Sam. Jack, hold this light. Hold, don't hold this light. Lillian, just hold still for a second, okay? Uh, uh, I'm not going anywhere. Um, I will kneel down and in the mud and dirt, I will grab some on my hands um, and I will paint a swirl on her cheek. Um, kind of like a cat's tail. Mm-hmm. And I would like to cast uh, Earthly Sign. Okay. Uh, which I will spend three magic points for. And this will negate pain for an hour and give uh, them plus four HP, along with loss of any phobias or manias. Oh. Well, oh, wonderful. So Lillian goes to ten hit points. And all of a sudden, Lillian, all of the pain washes out of your body. Just breathe, okay? Here, uh, hold these lights, Sam. 
take it back. I'll, uh, I'll pick Lillian up and start carrying her. Okay. I kind of groan mm-hmm. a little bit, and I, you know, while he, while Sam might have helped with some of the pain, I'm, I'm still feeling very bruised. Where are we? How did I get here? Um, apparently, you were blown off a train. The monster exploded. Blew the blew the dining car in half. Yeah. Where's the train? It's a little ways up there. I waved the light in that direction. <laughs> I'm assuming it stopped. I didn't wait for it to stop before I got off the train. Is that the first class car? Uh, yes. What's left of it? Speaking of the train, Sigmund, you, of course, with some, well, with some understanding, you've been sort of drafted into assisting those who are wounded. Absolutely. You do find several assistants in this regard. In fact, many of the people in the flat car are willing to help. But what you do find is that folks who are in the first class car who have been, of course, now moved to the third class because, well, it's the only thing available. Many of them uh, have said that they are going to wait for your services. Well, Doc doesn't uh, assign any favoritism by money or privilege. Uh, He assigns by injury first, of course. The most injured get helped first. He sets up a basic triage probably in first class, or not first class, but um, where the people are gathered, mm-hmm. and um, third class, and he begins methodically working through the injured people. While he's doing so, he's keeping half an eye open for anyone who, they wouldn't be acting suspicious, they would be blending right in, but has any s- odd signs that he may or may not recognize tattoos, things like that. Somebody had to scrawl that symbol. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Yep. Okay, fair enough. Um, Mr. Drummond, if you have any reasonable amount of first aid, you've likely been uh, asked to be, um, well, a nurse. I have, I have some, so I'll, I'll, I'll certainly use some. Okay. Yeah, if you'd each give me um, first a couple, just uh, first raid rolls from each one of you, just to make sure that things are um, moving around. Uh, 68 out of 30. I'm not much help here. You're an able-bodied man who's willing to help, which is um, helpful, but maybe not as helpful as you'd like to be. Overall, 22 under 91 hard success for a medicine roll for just the general practice of the of the time that doc is doing this for people mm-hmm. yeah it's a lot of um bumps bruises scrapes a, a couple of people are actually burned and need a little bit more attention you do sense over say about 20 minutes which is about the time that the rest of the investigators are gone in this uh, search for lillian you do get the sense that many of the people in the first class car are trying to sort of place themselves no matter their injury above people whom maybe are not uh, maybe those folks here who are uh, of Arabic or Asian descent uh, and you are simply just not having it and so you get without the need for a psychology role you are getting the feeling that some people are just not feeling that um, they're being treated as they're supposed to 
Well, yeah, they can they can feel that, but that's not how Doc plays things. So yeah, Doc is definitely treating the injured far uh, as priority. Yeah, um, certainly. I don't care how Doc does not care how much money or what color they are. Certainly. Either way, and and so the third class car becomes sort of a focal point for the two of you, as um, the engineers eventually report that they've decoupled the what is rem- what remains of the dining car from the train, and are trying to get people settled. Um, and that's sort of when the social status problems spike. So. What the two of you begin to witness, um, Doctor and, and Mr. Drummond, you begin to notice is first class passengers are beginning to complain that they don't have their own compartment anymore. And they're telling the engineers that the folks in the third class compartment need to move to the flat car. Mm, yeah, Doc is not having that either. Um, while the they can complain all they want, the first class do not take precedent over the injured and the people who need the resting area and um, (laughs) Doc is more than willing to have loud words with anyone who disagrees and in fact that might be what the group comes back to is Doc getting in someone's face uncharacteristically and I tell you that it doesn't matter how much money you have or what the last name is. It matters not at all to me. If you are injured, then you will go amongst the injured. If you're not injured, then you will go sit down. Yeah, that, that likely is something that you, uh, the four of you, come back to. Um, there, there's a lot of, we'll just say, uh, well-dressed and flustered people and it seems like Dr. Tottenbach is having some fairly direct words with them. I'm going to walk up behind the doctor and lift my veil and scowl at them. Okay. Um, alrighty. They cower and move far away from you, doctor. You, you have no idea why your words are so well struck at this point, but I'll I'll put it back down and walk away. My work here That's is done. Right. I'm glad you could all see sense and I'm sorry that I had to take such a turn with all of you. But glad we could have this discussion. Jack returns Jack returns with Lillian. Doctor. Ah Lillian was thrown from the train. Gestures to uh the one of the other triage quote unquote nurses and has him finish, has them finish what he's doing here. And then, uh, yeah, he heads directly over to Lillian. Makes her his focal point. Okay. Tatter, I have a boo-boo. It does look like you might have fall down. Yeah. Are you, how are you feeling, dear? He's testing her eyes. She has a bunch of mud on her face. Like I fell off a train is how I feel. Um, doctor, it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't take you too long to connect the fact that there is sort of a kneecap sized um, welt forming in her on her forehead. Uh, she may have taken a really serious fall and possibly just just barely escaped death. Hmm. Well, Miss Lane, it looks as though that um, you shall survive to see another day. Most likely. We will see. Uh, you might need some ministrations by uh, further 
medical staff that you know unable to ah Jack will do. Here you go, Jack. Uh hold this here and um I will be back in a little bit for some water, yeah. Okay. And he kind of smiles to Jack, winks once, and gets up and goes to get some stuff for Lillian. I'm um basically watching their back and making sure that there's no more ruckus in this car that the doctor was yelling about. Yeah, it's interesting after your display, most of the, we'll just say white passengers have picked a side of the third class car and they are keeping to it at this point. And um, third class passengers are doing their best to maintain their dignity. Um, But there has been a definite line drawn on my way back to the flat car uh is that body still there um the body would technically be in the mail car so yeah if you go back through the the mail car you would the the body is there but it has been placed to a side and there's a sheet over it now okay i was just i I wasn't sure if it was still like a gory gory scene or it was just slightly gory um so now there's a body Uh, because i haven't i hadn't seen the body yet so um, so someone, so it looks like someone was killed in here. Uh, someone wasn't just killed. Someone was, an example was made of someone. Okay. Well, I haven't seen it yet. So I, I will inspect the, the remains, um, since I haven't seen it or encountered. Or when Doc gets back over to, with the stuff for Lillian and such, he makes sure that Jack is very nearby when he says, uh, so he can say to him, Jack, that we have um, a guest among us, I think. A guest? Someone who has a penchant for removing tongues. All right. I keep the shotgun near. I pull the shotgun nearer. He gestures, uh, Doc gestures off towards the where he found the blood spattered sigil and the tongueless dude. Certainly. Uh, you find the body off that way. I had no stomach or time to really look into it deeper, but it is very clear and fairly obvious. Yeah. Can, can you ask Sam to do that? Oh, yeah, of course. You just gonna take, watch over. take care of Lillian, yeah. Mm. He hands the cold rag and stuff to Lillian and then gets back to medical work. Would you like a medicine roll on Miss Lane before you go? I would absolutely love one. That is a 53 under 91, and that is success, sir. Okay, so we'll say for your treatment, Miss Lane will be able to eventually heal two hit points. That will take an hour, but she has now been medicined, which is helpful. Sam, you find the aforementioned body, as I uh, described it last episode, it has been um, summarily killed. So there's a, a deep gash and slash wound across the throat and then there is also this sort of chunk of cheek and mouth that's been ripped out and then there is this cavity where the tongue once was it looks like this person's tongue has been ripped out of their body so um of the cults so far um sam is probably most familiar with like africa's dark sex mm-hmm. and the all the writings so this to me would this seem like a ritual killing oh yeah it's not just the ritual killing, it's the mark of the bloody tongue cult that's drawn in blood on the floor nearby. It can't be anything else. We don't need we don't really need that lingering around. Um, so I will do my best to mar it with like my heel to just kind of 
rub it away or smear it or make it unintelligible. This is the fellow that I slipped past earlier, right? Yeah. Uh, I will... I will... I will put the sheet back on. Are there any other of the crew around? No. The one engineer has finished up his work at the back of the train. They are um, basically working to restart the engine into locomotion to get it going again. And so there's various amounts of like water and preparatory work and, and getting to get the train back going um, at to speed. They, they have to sort of work mechanically with it for a few minutes. Before I leave the body, then I will inspect him as to attempt to ascertain his identity. He's not carrying identification. If that's what you're asking. Yeah, that's what I'm at. If he's carrying anything that would indicate who he is or what his name is or where he's from. Or no. Like that. Okay. I will leave him out of the way um, and then I will go to the flat car. Okay. You head to the flat car. And, and I go to the flat car looking disturbed and pissed. Uh, and I will look about the, the flat car to see how people are doing in here. So they're tired. They're disturbed. They're cranky. Um, at least some of them are. Some of them are deeply concerned about what's happened to the rest of the train. Um, and there's probably a palpable amount of fear that runs through some of the people here because, well, they have heard that the first class car is gone, that the dining car is gone, and they're beginning to worry about you know, you can hear in Swahili, you can hear people worried about whether or not they're going to be blamed for what happened or that they're going to be pushed off the train here so that, that other people can have their space. So there's a lot of tension beginning to build on the flat car. So I will attempt to, I guess, determine, I guess, anyone who is agitating the situation, who's like kind of feeding the frenzy, who 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 might be... Contribute even if unintentional, like even they're just scared. Um, I want I want to identify the agitators, um, and uh, I'll approach the first one and say, you know, um, no one blames you or anyone in this area for what happened. It was a horrible accident, and the people on this train are doing what they can to continue to get us to Nairobi. If you are well and you are not injured, then count your blessings because the people in the third class and dining car and first class car are for probably the first time in a long time more worse off than you are. So do your best to keep yourselves calm. All right. I guess as keeper, I'll ask if you're trying to have some sort of specific social effect here. I just, I just want to take it down a notch. And I want to try to mute, blunt the stress of this particular area specifically. Because okay. um, I know these people have probably seen and or heard things at this point that are just terrifying. And there's a bloody body back there. And I don't know who saw that happen. I don't even want to have that conversation yet until like this has been kind of calmed a bit. Sure. Um, it seems anyway that the people here do too. Um, there's a lot of voices that join you that just sort of remind the people around them that they've been through some pretty difficult situations before. 
and that the um, what they need to do is just be mindful that they're all still safe here for the moment. And so you get you get some uh, accompanying voices, we'll say, that um, seem to to get your message across to a lot of the people who are beginning to get riled up about what's next. That said, the train does begin forward again after having been stopped for about half an hour. The rest of the way is arduous for a number of reasons. Everybody's nerves are pretty fried. Um, That comes across in most passengers that you're next to, maybe even fellow investigators for that matter. The ringing in your head, Lillian, doesn't really ease up until another hour or so passes. You You end up passing out a little bit. You probably do so in Jack's arms or near his care. Uh, There are only so many seats in third class, Um, but the doctor has secured one for you because you're one of the most injured people here. Yeah, I I try to scoot as close to Jack as possible and um, yeah, proceed to pass out. Mm. (laughs) For those of you keeping a hunter's visual, on what could be next, which I imagine is a couple of you. Um, You don't really get the sense from anyone in third class or the leftovers from first for that matter that are now here, that really anyone is interested in starting anything. Most of these people don't fit the body description of the person you saw, at least physically. Um, And the rest of the train ride, unless you are planning to be unsettling yourself, is quiet. I was just going to, once the doc's seen most of the people, I'm going to be like, um, so, doc, about my burns, I'm standing still now. (laughs) Doc wipes the soot and various, you know, things off of his forehead and hands stands upright yes of course I'm sorry my dear I've it has been a busy day for all of us yeah I agree yeah he gestures to a trunk or something for her to sit down and he very gently takes care of her burns okay yeah it's a medicine roll yeah she'll even sit on the floor she does not care Extreme success. He twelve under ninety one. He even sings a little song to calm her to calm her nerves while he does it. Okay, I'll give you max three on an extreme. Three more points. Uh, three more hit points to you, Miss O'Shea, and your burns are a little bit better. You're bandaged up a little bit now, though, and so you've got the um, half mummy look going on with your arms. For Sam's part, the only thing that he would attempt to do midway through the ride would be to quietly inquire as to the the. Mainly the people that he remembers being closest to the mail car, if they saw anything that happened in there to that poor man. Yeah, you don't. No, nobody saw anything. Okay. Yeah, I don't push it. Hours later, the train slowly pulls into the station in Nairobi. Uh, the journey from Mombasa took way closer to eighteen hours than fifteen. 
and was likely a little bit more adventurous and exciting than the engineers uh, usually deal with. Uh, But you have arrived. Worst train ride ever. (laughs) Well, half a half a car pulling half a car. (laughs) Why don't you Why don't you stick a pin in that comment and ask the. uh, players on the Orient Express game who has a worse train ride. Hey, we were smart enough to get off that train. <laughs> yeah, so the thing that you catch sort of in in the way to Nairobi in the morning lights is that um, for the most part, the area around Nairobi is pretty well untouched still. So the city itself is relatively new. There's only really about 8,000 people that live in it. Um, There are beautiful mountains nearby. And it sits at an elevation of over 6,000 feet. And so the train does have to go up quite an elevation to get here. The nice part about that is, is you drop a ton of the heat that you had when you came into Mombasa. So instead of it being humid, sticky African heat... You get a lot cooler air up here. The views are superb. Um, And the soil here is excellent for farming. And that is something that those of you who have grown up in farmland know that arable land scent. It's evident too by the small and large plantations that exist and you see on the way in. The station is of course a buzz with activity as soon as the train arrives. Because, of course, this is the loop-around point. And so much to the, um, well, stark looks that the waiting first-class passengers uh, give you as no dining car and no first-class carriage is available for them, many, many people are very happy to disembark at Nairobi and none faster than those on the flat car who peel off like (laughs) disappear into the crowd (laughs) (laughs) absolutely Uh, and happily so in fact probably on the last hour or so up you are treated really to this beautiful series of African songs as the people on the flat car realize they're finally getting to where they were supposed to be hours ago And it's a joyous atmosphere. It's a great exaltation. And a lot of stress comes off you, Sam, because all of the moods perk up around you. Uh, And yeah, I definitely am. um, So I don't want to be anywhere near the authorities when they approach this train. So as Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of these people are getting off while the train is still pulling into the station, I will gladly hop off with them. Yeah, it's infectious. Like once the first person leaps from the train two or three more do and then they start peeling off and there is no uh, there is no separation of age at that point even older people are getting off the train because much like you Sam they don't want anything to do with the authorities the police in Nairobi about what happened to two train cars who's responsible Um, and they do eventually have to get into the lanes to get away and out of the the train station. Well, we need our stuff, so... Right. And, you know, we're first-class passengers. 
So uh, sometime in the night, I, or sometime in the rest of the ride, I covered a lily with my jacket and I hold my hat and on my chest because I was badly burned and I don't think the doctor has enough to deal with and not to worry about me. So I tried to cover that up so that the doctor doesn't see it. So you can die some other time? Yeah. Sweet. Well, I, I figure eventually I'll get the doctor to look at it, but he's busy. For the moment, Jake is acting fishy. Again? Better not be. That's sus. You are what you eat. <laughs> Very sus. All right, so the investigators are able to collect their baggage. Uh, and I'm not talking about you, doctor. You're not the baggage here. Not this time. Finally. You do get your bags. And after acquiring your bags, you are presented with... um something of um, a sort of pained reminder of where you are. Um, and you see that there are two definitive queue lines to get out of the rail station. And above one of them is two words that sort of stab at your brain. And it says, whites only. And there are police who enforce this. I hate this place, Jack. Yeah. While you're there, I'm going to have you all make hard spot hidden rolls. 56 out of 75, not mm. a hard All right, success. Lillian? 91 out of 88. Okay. Jack? 47 under 99. Um, I'm going to spend two points of luck to make that a 32 out of 65. Very good. Doctor? Uh, 60 under 80. It was just a normal success. Okay. And Sam? I was assuming that since I hopped off that I was kind of looping around like outside the station anyway. So I'm assuming that as well. The spot hidden roll stands. Okay. Understood. So I'll make my roll. Sorry. Uh, That is a 20 under 85. So Sam, Mr. Drummond, and then Mr. Doyle see that there are an awful lot of people on this train station who are wearing a very similar style of clothing. So it is a, a, a sort of African dress that both men and women wear, um, very similar colors. Uh, there's white and there's red, and it's just something that you pick out. What did, what did the, uh, um, the bloody tongue in New York wear? They had head scarves yeah, that yeah. were red. Right. You don't see any red head okay. scarves here. Are any of the people that I helped off the train still around? Uh, honestly, no. Most of them have noped out. Okay. Um, but you do see that um, some of the folks who got off the flat car do have a, we'll just say, inventive way of circumventing mm. the um, lines. I, I will follow suit. My plan is basically I'm going to try to meet up with them on the other side of the station, like after they... Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you get your bags and then head out through these lines. Uh, And then afterwards you are in outside the train station in Nairobi, which is where Sam meets up with you. I'll look at Lillian and just kind of shake my head. I still have no idea how the hell you survived. I meant for greater things, Sam. I asked for help, but I don't know if that's what happened or not. Well, Let's, let's find a hotel or some place to stay. Get some sleep? 
check, I hate to say this now, and I know this is an awful time, but if we're being followed, a hotel is probably the last place you want to be. Well, we need to find some place to... Yeah, where are we going to go? I don't know. I don't have an answer to that question. I'm just saying that if they were able to catch us on a train, they're, they already know we're here, you know? Right. Yeah, but we can't be awake for more than 24 hours and be functioning humans. Also, if they followed us on the, on the train, then they can find us anywhere in here. It's not exactly a large place. It's also true. Well, no, but if we're in a hotel, it's not just us anymore. It's us and whoever else is staying in that hotel. Well, regardless of where we go, it's going to be us and who's ever living around us. Right. It's not like there's just like empty houses around here. This place is small. Actually, so the way, so Nairobi's a, it's a relatively newer place, right? Like Roughly speaking, as far as um, historical, as far as history goes, yes. So as I mentioned before, um, there's only about 8,000 people that live here. Uh, as far as the city goes, you know, uh, until 1920, uh, Kenya was known as British East African. It was a protectorate, right? Um, so that is something to factor in. Like all of the things that are here are sort of new um, by comparison. But there's got to be a divide, right? Like as far as like a, a socioeconomic divide. Oh yes, right. So where are the where are the 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 I don't know the most dilapidated areas. Well, the most the areas in disrepair. Respectfully, you wouldn't know. You haven't inspected or checked the city out. Um, you would imagine that the central portion of the city is going to be where all of the money is. It's where the markets are. And so iterating out from that, the places that are furthest from the center of the city, the train station, the commerce, the banks, the papers, etc., are going to be probably the lesser uh, funded areas. We're surrounded by farmland. I mean, at this point, Nairobi's 26 years old. So I guess all I'm saying is we could stay in a hotel or we could. Or we could go someplace where there's no group of white people and stick out like sore thumbs. I don't like it. Listen, we get a hotel for now. Okay. Then we worry about it later. Fine, Robert. I don't. Yeah, I don't frankly care. We just need to sleep so we can function. And recover. Okay. So in that regard, um, a relatively reasonable informational search from the train station would reveal that there are a couple of hotels. There is one, which would be the new Stanley Hotel, that is likely the more prestigious of the two. And then um, there's also this place called the Hampton House Hotel. I was going to say, don't we have notes on the Hampton House? Was it the Hampton House? Hold on, I'm looking it up. <laughs> um, Jackson stayed there while he was doing research. That is true. Oh, the letter came from Hampton House. That's right. Right. And I would imagine that many in the group who have studied the clues would likely put that together as soon as they see the word Hampton House. Yeah, let's go to the Hampton House. Because no, also no offense to the colonials running this place but uh, if uh, Jackson Elias was able to get a room there then Sam would be able to move around more freely. It's, it's actually a block 
down from the train station. Oh, good. It'll be the first hotel you run into. Yeah, so if walking down the street, um, the Hampton House Hotel is a white sort of rambling two-story hotel. Uh, seems well-appointed on the outside. Uh, it has uh, some carefully tended uh, plantings and lawns nearby and uh, seems welcoming enough. There is no whites-only sign here. Oh, good. If uh, Sam wants to stay with us, it is. What time of day is it when we it, arrive? It's morning. It's probably 8, 9 o'clock. Why don't you all rest up for the day? I'll get the lay of the land see if I can check in with some locals. I'll see you in the morning. Okay. Just be careful. Always am. Sam, you move off to do a little inspecting work of the city, little recon. The group is going to move into the hotel and try to find, frankly, a little comfortable, more comfortable place to stay. Uh, and so I'm going to call the episode there as we settle into fair and calm Nairobi. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Masks of Nautatep. We greatly appreciate your listening years. We have much more ahead next week.